podcast time. Glenn Power is here from PowerWorks Automotive. And that means, is it PowerWorks Automotive? PowerWorks Garage? Power? PowerWorks Garage. Power- Trade license is PowerWorks Automotive <laughs> Repair. All right. So he's from PowerWorks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tomatoes, tomatoes. Yeah. <laughs> it's, we, uh, just power works. Uh, yeah. 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 From power works. This is this is the Epic Podcast Studio where we're recording. If you're wondering where this is coming from, it's at the Rolf Hotel downtown Dubai. We're going to talk about cars, automotive stuff, share some stories, find out what's going on in the shop. Generally, inspire, educate, and entertain. Maybe even inform in there somewhere. Over. <laughs> Hey. <laughs> there, I've, I've stacked the deck. I like there's it. Some, I always say there's something here for everyone, and I want to be be clear on this as people are listening to the podcast. These are really done for the ladies, uh, and I don't I don't mean that in a bad way. I know you're thinking ladies, I know, but the, the, I I I truly think that this podcast and people listen to it, and they say oh, it must be aimed at the guys, you know, between the ages of 23 and, and 35. It's like actually no, this we this is really the inspiration is to help every single woman out there who already is fairly car savvy to be even more car savvy. So one, she doesn't get ripped off at the garage, and two, she can sit down with her husband and educate him about what's going on with the car because ultimately she's driving it and she's thinking about it and he's just thinking well, you know it's, it's always done this noise yeah. you know, no like me it's you know, the car oh, the battery's starting to go yeah we'll see how far we can drive it as opposed to maybe you better give glenn a call right <laughs> yeah <laughs> i did give you a call i'm still driving it and and knowing that there's imminent failure of my battery I've back it in now, like a you know. In, of course, in, in the beauty of the manual is you could bump start that yeah, if you needed to. Yeah. Fortunately, mine's not manual. No, exactly. I wish I had a manual. I wanted a manual, but it didn't come in the yellow. So, wow. so, but in in the future, I will have a manual because <laughs> <laughs> I can always find four guys. You know, guys, just push. Yeah, here's a tenner each. Yeah, help me get out of here. But uh, anyway, no, it's great to be back. And as, as I've been saying to folks, we've been podcasting over the summer, but we had a little backlog. So if you've been listening, you're going, when you're back, you never left. And, and that's true. We never left. Yeah, well, we, we, we didn't have a, a, a lack of content to put out, did we? We no. had plenty to, no. to use. And there's always lots to talk about. It's, it's, it's a great time of year because people are coming back from holidays. They're starting to get into their vehicles and we got tons to talk about and, and the old favorites, you know, go get your oil change done. Yeah. My 18 month adventure, you know, and, and, and need a new battery again. It's like, really? It's like, how is this possible? Somebody, somebody get involved in the technology for standard automobile batteries. Stop working on these electric cars. Just fix the battery. What we need to get involved in is getting like one of these big, big like sails out into the atmosphere that can reflect the sunlight and yeah. keep the temperature down and then See, then the batteries will survive that's all i want to do let's and just let's make an artificial ice age well and i'm also thinking you know guys over at jeep come on people you know where the battery sits you know that that engine area is hotter than the dickens yeah so do a little bit more work on the the insulation people come on like that should be the the intern's job is to sort out how you can put a little cooling feature in there so my battery is going to last more than 18 months yeah and it's and someone might say, "Well, you get a better battery bike away." It's like, are you kidding? I've had all batteries. I've I've gone from the cheapest battery to the expensive battery to the middle battery. Colin had a suggestion about some battery that's green. He said he hears those really good things from them. Amaron. That's it. Yeah, yeah. We put one on one of his vans the other day, and he yeah. complained about the price. <laughs> I thought they were really I, affordable. I, I actually had to put to him. Yeah, we didn't have one of those usual ones in stock. 
that, that we make out of a couple of bits of lead that we've got lying around and somebody throws up bile into the middle of them to make them work. No, we, we had to put an hammer on one. So, but they are, they are pretty good in there. They're yeah. OE for a couple of cars here, yeah. a couple of Japanese cars here as well. So, yeah. anyway, I, you know, my thing is, I don't even, I don't think it matters. You know, I can, there's always no, the hope. I've got you a Bosch one <laughs> sat on my bench. As soon as you messaged me, I was like, right, let me grab this battery. Yeah. So I'm going to, I'm going to be dropping in before too long to get that done like this week. So sounds good to me. <laughs> oh man. But as long as, as long as you make it in. Well, I can always get a, you know, I have booster cables in my car and I yes. do know how to use the booster yes. cables. And that's why I backed it in today. Cause I never back in. I backed it in in case I need to get a boost. Well, the van, I've parked the van, reversed it in space 69. So I'll, uh, if my battery's dead, I can see, I can bump start yeah. that because it's a, ma- a manual. There and then go. we'll, we'll, yeah. sort it out but this is actually an interesting one because I, both of my vehicles have booster cables my wife knows how to use booster cables I know how to use them. but you know how many people do not know how to you, know, you could call them jump start leads I don't yeah. know whatever but how many people don't know how to use those things and I find that rather frightening yeah. A the cars don't have them and B people don't necessarily so one people don't know how to use them two people don't have any idea where their battery is because they're not always in the engine compartment. They could nope. be under the seat. They could be in the back. Invariably, they are now. Yeah. And so, A, you don't know where your battery is and B, you don't know what to do if it the charge dies on it, which will happen eventually. And it always happens at the wrong time. Yeah. So, I, I find that kind of interesting. The, there's a couple of reasons for it. One of them is that, as you sort of alluded to with your, come on Jeep, stop putting batteries in the engine bay. <laughs> Well, you know, a lot of the modern ones are inside, the, like the Grand Cherokee is under the yeah. passenger seat. Oh, is it? Okay. Uh, which is great, especially <laughs> when you have the passenger seat, uh, you have electric seats yeah. and your battery dies and you can't move the seat to get oh, under no. there, which oh, is no. a fantastic. But does it have a little quick release so it flops up the seat or anything? No. <laughs> So, so yeah. if, you, if you didn't see that because you're not on YouTube, in the audio realm. yeah, you, you just heard silence. That's when he gave me. Of course, that would be so simple, yeah. but that that like on the on the Twiregs and the Q7s, there's just yeah. two bolts at the front and the seat will fold back. See, beautiful. Now they're quite okay. And, and to be fair, most cars that have inboard batteries will have connections under the bonnet where typically you would look for a battery which will allow you to put a booster cable or that but one of the other reasons for the batteries not being in the engine bay or at least accessible very easily is because most vehicles now have battery control systems and intelligent Uh, batteries right and if you put booster cables on them you'll damage them run the high risk of damaging them so you'll 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 get the battery some power in it but you'll spike it and right. the control unit will be damaged or there'll be a problem with the intelligent battery monitoring system which you'll uh-huh. then think oh so this battery dying has now cost me 4,000 dirhams yeah so th- these th- there are there are some unfortunate logic let's say behind where they put batteries these days but it, it, it's it's no good we, we had a customer sat in there yesterday at Powerworks we he sat down for an hour, okay. We were only changing his headlight bulbs. Now we've been really unlucky. We've talked about this before. One fails, change yeah, them both. Yeah, right? yeah, you got it. You got it. Because the other one's going to be. This guy had no choice. He got in his car, and neither of them were working. How's that he, possible? He never drives the vehicle at night. Okay, so we never noticed. So then the other night he had to drive, turned his lights on, and was like, "Can't see anything." Can't see. These are xenon. Even Gas worse. Discharge. So it's like two twenty-five a bulb. Yikes. Bumper's got to come off, yeah. headlights out, oh, no. and it's like, 
I just <laughs> and the reason for that and I and I and I said to the guy and he sort of totally you know he understood and he sat and watched us do the work yeah. and it was cool look we don't charge for changing bulbs doesn't matter what the car is we just charge for the bulb that's something that I picked up when I was in the dealer that's cool and it's good to know some headlights you can change the bulb in 30 seconds yeah some headlights taking the bumper off now yeah. this was a Touareg so it was like not the end of the world knew my way around it and it was nice and easy but it's not great is it but yeah. the reason for that the reason you can't necessarily change a battery on your drive anymore and you can't change headlight bulbs on your drive anymore these these bulbs have thousands of volts going through them. Yeah. there's big warning signs on the back of them you know you only you only need one person that let's have it right is stupid enough to ignore those signs yeah. and put their arm somewhere they can't see and have the ignition on while they're changing a bulb yeah. to get electrocuted and they will sue the manufacturer Absolutely. and the manufacturer will pay damages especially and this is just the case just a fact especially in America mm. you know the, the reason most cars now you have to press the clutch pedal to start them if they're manual or press you know is because a child got in a car that was in gear and managed to start it well I'm sorry <laughs> yeah. fair enough you know put, put the fail safe in there but it's only because somebody got hurt and sued about it. It wasn't necessarily a fact that somebody thought about, ah, you know what? Yeah. So this is just a proactive thing where somebody thought, well, we can't have people frying themselves on xenon gas discharge headlight mm. current. So we'll- um, We'll make it tough. They're difficult to yeah. get to, let's say. And, you know, th one of the good things about it, like on the, on the Tuareg, I can speak from experience is, they, the bumpers go back together without any problem. Okay. It's not like the plastics are going to break. It's decent quality. Mm. It's relatively straightforward. They know forward you're going to have well, to take it exactly. off to do stuff. But there are cars that it's almost as though you, they think, did you never think this was going to break? <laughs> what are no, you no, doing? They, they think that you're going to get rid of the car before you have to get anything yeah, serviced. Well, this is the other thing, in fairness, that the Twig was a 2014 and it never had headlight bulbs changed. Right. And it's pretty good. We knew that because the customer never changed them and you'd remember paying 450 dirhams for a pair of headlight bulbs. But also it had the um, the QC sticker still on the fat from the factory over one of the bolts, uh -huh. which you needed to remove. So there's never okay. been changed before. Okay, awesome. So eight years isn't bad for a, no, for a headlight bulb. I go for that. Yeah. I'm very happy with that. I, I alluded to before we, we kicked off the podcast that people actually listen and taking advice. I was sitting down and so I'm, I'm in Canada and one of our faithful listeners is, is dialed in and uh, Steve Witter, give a big shout out to Steve. He is a uh, lawyer, always nice to have lawyers yes, listen. Yes, yes. <laughs> Steve's a good friend, he's, he's been there for me, Steve. <laughs> yeah, over the years, I gotta say, thank you very much, Steve Witter. But he's listening and he's going, you guys saved me. Nice. And I, I'm, I'm going to try and get the story right. So he was having... Uh, yeah, especially when it's a lawyer's story. <laughs> yeah. Slander and I'm going to get it close, but he'll, 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 don't worry. He'll, he'll let us know if we got it right or wrong. Cause by, he'll, he'll, by a writ. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> uh, he said, look, I was having some transmission issues with the car. And I said, oh. And he said, you guys, listening to, listening to Glenn actually saved me a whole bunch of misery. And so I'm going, oh, transmission issues. So what happened was, the, I guess he was having transmission sticking or, or some aspect of his, his transmission wasn't working. And he was going to his, his neighborhood garage. And the neighborhood garage, the advice was, oh, okay, well, we're going to drain everything out. We're going to flush your transmission and, and X, Y, Z. And he's going, whoa, hold on. 
uh, I, are you sure? And and he kind of went, mm, I, I, this is not sounding like what Glenn has prescribed. And <laughs> it's a little bit of an older car. And I'm, so he he didn't, he didn't, he, he said to the guys, okay, yeah, don't do it. Don't do it. I'm going to actually take the car to the dealer. And he took the car back to the dealer and they said, you know what, let's see if we don't reprogram the electronics first. Yeah. And maybe there's been an update or whatever. Yeah. And they did that. And he said, at this moment, he's not having any problems. So they haven't, yeah. they, you know, topped up the levels, but they didn't change the filters or maybe they did, but they didn't, they didn't do the flush. They didn't do all this stuff that could loosen things out. Basically, all they did was update the software. Everything's going good. Oil change on transmission is frightening. Yeah. I mean, shout out to, to a company here called Dexol who just do automatic transmissions. Mm. They won't do a single other thing in their garage. There's a couple of other places as well, yeah. but Dexol are the ones that, are, that, I think they're an American company okay. originally. They've been here for decades. Very, very good at what they do. Their top end price bracket, don't get me wrong, right. but they specialize and you can pretty much guarantee if it goes there, it's diagnosed, fixed, and that's what they told mm. you you need to pay is what you'll pay and then it's done. They have, from time to time, we will buy transmission oils from them. We will buy transmission components from them that the dealer don't have in stock because the dealers tend to change a transmission. Right. They don't tend to repair because of the labor costs. So they'll have most of the parts that we need. So we'll buy from there. And every time I go in, I always think, you know, we should have the same sign. They've got a <laughs> sign up at, it's huge. It's bigger than their branded <laughs> sign above yeah. the door at the, the entrance to the workshop that says, we will not be responsible for any issues caused after transmission oil changes. There we go. Because if it's gone too far, you are going to create a problem mm. by changing the oil at the wrong time. And it's not, I just don't understand on the first time of seeing a vehicle, why you would ever think let's change the oil on the transmission yeah. without at least going through the motions and figuring out, hang on a minute, what's the condition like here? Yeah. Most transmission faults can be diagnosed if they're mechanical by looking at a sample of the oil. Mm. And if it's very, very bad and full of carbon deposits, and you know, black um, or even metallic deposits, it's just not worth the risk of changing the oil and, and yeah. flushing stuff out and, and, and potentially blocking up oil galleries by mobilizing exactly. some of these things. Yeah. And, and, and yeah, good, good shout by the dealer to do a software update, it was probably something that they see on a daily basis. Yeah. They're obviously never going to say that. Yeah. But it, it, it would have probably been the case and, and that's great news that it's that it's fixed. And, yeah. and what that does mean now is if it's running okay, it might be having, worth having that conversation with the same dealer and saying, well, okay, guys, I'm, I'm happy with the performance as, as were you to have given me the car back. Can I do a transmission service and get sort of back to ground zero, yeah. so to speak, and then we'll keep on top of it from there because maybe it's, it's been a little yeah. bit neglected from from the start, which again, that, that's there's nobody responsible for that other than the dealer. Yeah. The, the dealer are so negligent in communicating effectively the need for a transmission oil service apart from just telling somebody it needs it and giving them the price. Because mm. to any normal sane person that is just sales power yeah you're just trying to get another four hundred dollars out of me yeah well explain the reason for it explain the need for yeah, it yeah. give a sample of the oil explain, you know th these things don't take long to do yeah so no fair play to them for doing that it's good work and I, I would probably say get it back onto 
try and get it back onto some sort of even keel by by at least doing some form of servicing for the transmission. Mm. And I guess at this point, talk to the dealer. He's really happy at this point with what's going on. So I, I yeah. said, oh, that's great. And he says, well, yeah. you know, give me the shout out and keep listening. Yeah, it's good news. <laughs> so, yeah, well yeah. done. I, I had an, speaking of transmissions, I got another great little story. So I, I did talk about the fact that we did a, an automobile rental this year in Canada with Turo.com, giving yeah. them a shout out. <clears throat> it's the Airbnb of car rentals. So it's got to be better than the last time you came back from the summer rental uh, where you had the, was it the hybrid that, yeah. that froze you out? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, the hybrid that froze us out in the Florida Keys. That's right, yeah. On the weekend in a place where there's little to no cell service and yeah, there's the, more alligators than bars the, on your phone and and boa constrictors nice. and and the best part of this whole thing was the auto rental company name brand international they, they basically right. so we're, we're setting the standards <laughs> low yeah so this time was a better experience so we we go with this and and turo.com check it out if you're traveling around and it's it's actually a really interesting service it basically i rented a car off someone who had a car they put it up on the, the basic formula is insurance and all that stuff is done through the app, done through the company called Turo. And you, you pay according to the deductible you're, you can stomach. And if you need roadside assistance, it all works through the Turo thing. And essentially the owner of the car gets 70% of whatever you, they put it up for and, I, and, and Turo takes 30 and so, I mean, I only got that because the guy told me. Yeah. And, and, and away you go. And if you've got issues, you know, mechanical stuff, then talk to the person who's got it. And you get kilometers, whatever. You, there's all a variety of cars. Anyway, so we did this. Got a late model, 2009. First thing that I didn't realize, 2009 year models in Canada. It was a Hyundai um, um, Sonata. No, not Sonata. It was it's Santa Fe. No, the little four by four. I drove the thing for a month. You think I remember what it was? Um, anyway, it'll come to me. <laughs> not a Santa Fe. The, the one that's smaller than that. Uh, Tucson. That's it. Yeah. So 2009 Tucson, very popular vehicle, automatic yeah. transmission. It was it was big. It was big. We we had to do an IKEA run. We did. We had to do a run to Canadian Tire. If you're not familiar with Canadian Tire, think Ace Hardware. It's kind of the same but different. Anyway, went and got you know barbecues and stuff. All fit in. 2009 year model, coincidentally, must be the last year that you could put a car out without ABS brakes. I'm into it. <laughs> so, I like it. So it had it had airbags. It had all that all the the bells and whistles. It did not have ABS brakes, which you don't. It might be saying someone's listening right now. I'm going ABS brakes. Okay, is there really an issue with that? Well, the the whole ABS system kind of fits into a power brake system. And if you're used to driving, even my Jeeps have ABS brakes. And so, you know, you put your foot on the pedal and those brakes, they're not not ABSing, but if you slam on them, then you're gonna hit that. This vehicle did not have ABS, which meant when you put, the first time I get out, and he said, just beware, it doesn't have ABS brakes. Oh yeah, no problem. You get out and you're driving, you put your foot on the brake and it's like, whoa. You're just locked up. <laughs> no, not even just locked up. It's like, where are the brakes? Yeah. It's like, hold on a second. And you're, you know, you're applying more and more pressure to get it to stop and you're, you're get, you, you forget how use you get when you're in traffic and things and you got to put on your brakes and how quickly we stop now without that power assist on your brakes and ultimately tied into ABS. Yeah, I can't think of what, whether the- <laughs> I think 2010 they 2009 one had the hydraulic all-in-one servo and ABS unit, I think they did, which meant that it's yeah. probably running like an old school vacuum, which is better anyway, a vacuum <laughs> servo, which is obviously not 
Yeah. You see the leaking a little bit or not working very well because for the, for the pedal to not be effective like that. Even, I know 2009 is 12 <laughs> years ago, but I think it must no. have been right on the line anyway. Yeah. You know, it was, it was interesting. It, yeah. was, it was a beautiful car. Don't get me wrong, but that was one of the things. But here's the, there was another thing happened right near the end. And clearly the owner knew this was going to happen <laughs> because I'm driving the car. And I did mention him, this to him at the end. I, when we gave back, I said, hey, dude, just by the way, last couple of days, I've had this happen a couple of times. And it sorted itself out, but you need to get car serviced. And, and he was like, oh, no, no, it's not a big issue. It's like, yeah, okay. <laughs> what, what you think it is and what it is are two very different <laughs> things. So the, here's what would happen. You'd start the car or you'd take it out of gear and put it into park. And you would hear the sound like your starter motor trying to engage oh, yeah. with the engine that, but you're not starting the car. So he's going, ah, oh, it's just a starter motor. I'm going, uh, yeah, but I wasn't starting the car. And, and, I'm, and I'm trying, and I'm thinking, you know, hey, I, I got no issues because it's your car. Yeah. But it is not the starter yeah, motor, my you, friend. When you start a motor, goes, you, yeah. you're in the same boat as you are with a dead battery. Yeah. I go, no, this is not your starter motor. This, and, I, and I'm thinking, because, you know, it happened a couple times, right? And, 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 I'm, and I'm trying to figure out how to, you know, where we are with this. And it was near the end, thankfully. But I, I found some fixes with the way I started the car or whatever <laughs> that would do this because it wasn't the starter motor. What it was is automatic transmission. It's the plate in that transmission that connects in. It was clearly slipping, but only when you would put it into park, it wasn't locking in or taking it out of park and putting it in something. It would not lock in. So you'd get that grinding sound Oh God. That's so, but it sounded like a starter motor kind of, you know, but it was, it's clearly the clutch plate in the automatic transmission. That's, that's clearly what it was because. Oh dear. Yeah. Yeah. Because if when you've got a slipping clutch back in an automatic transmission, that is also noisy. Yeah. I mean. And it wouldn't do it all the time. It would start. So I thought it must rotate somehow. The other it, thing that that could be, you know, that, that could just be, we've kind of just talked about it. That could just be a low oil level and it's, 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 it's running out of, of oil in the torque converter or the oil pump. I did check all those things and they were at the, in the middle. Yeah. So I thought, okay, well, it's because I thought, you know, if it's just. You need to get that looked at. Well, that's what I said to him. I said, dude, you need to get it looked at. And the, for, the problem was, as I said, it sounds like a starter. But it's not. But the engine's already running and then it's. And it could do it when you were. So in gear, there's never a problem. But if you were then potentially, and sometimes it was only after it'd been driven a long time. So it was obviously getting warm. And that was having, and you know, if you did 700 kilometers and then go and fire it into park, it might do this. Turn off the engine and start it. It's okay. It sounds like the parking pole, actually. Yeah. The, the, the parking pole that just locks it. So when you put it in park, you're actually engaging a, effectively a pin into a hole. Okay. It, it's not always that. It depends on the gearbox. Yeah. But sometimes when the edge of them breaks or sometimes even the hole that it goes into breaks, they don't engage properly. So it was like quite the grinding sound like yeah, a starter. So actually, you know, when you start your car up today, if you just go forward and get it doing a kilometer an hour, yeah. put your, uh, shift into park and you'll go yeah. as it comes to a stop because it doesn't quite engage. Okay. So it, it may be that mm. um, so maybe not so sinister that, that but still uh, yeah. because well. what's going to happen there is you're going to put it in park and it's going to be in neutral because yeah. park is neutral just with a mechanical lock. Right. So if the pole breaks off completely yeah. which it's going it's to going to yeah. then you've got a situation where it's just going to roll down a hill. Right. So the, the time that you sort of become aware of that, obviously when you're driving, 
you don't put it in park while you're rolling. No. But you'll get the odd time where we'll be sometimes listening for a noise or something on a car, so we'll have the, the car up in the air and we'll be listening underneath and there'll be somebody inside making sure the the traction control system switched off and that the um, vehicle's up to the speed that we're looking for. Mm. But obviously at the point of stopping, they'll we'll say, okay, stop. Instead of pressing the brake, the, the car isn't moving. So then they just, okay, stop, put it into park and turn it yeah. off or even turn it off and then, you know, yeah, and yeah. then what happens is you'll get it trying to engage because the, the gearbox is still moving. Right. So you, it, it sounds like from what you're saying there, it, it was the parking pool, on the, okay. on the trend, which is an absolute disaster. I got to send the guy an email. Yeah, because <laughs> just, if, if that fails, well, you, you're just going to have the car rolling yeah. down the hill because who puts handbrakes on now? Well, no one. Yeah, but, when you've got but I started to yeah, yeah. because I wasn't sure what this yeah, was. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, this is, well, I mean, I'll send him a note, but he The was, other thing is where the bits go. That, yeah. that noise is something catching and it's yeah. going to be breaking off in pieces in there well then i was looking to see if there was any you know seepage if yeah. anything and there was nothing and you know we did our part we let him know and, and i said anyway i had to get it serviced anyway so hopefully uh they pick up on it when they service it well i'm hoping and, yeah. and and if it starts happening enough for him because it did it for a couple times then it stopped and i thought okay well uh, uh, you know if it was my car it's, uh, it's one of those things that's yeah, kind of the this, thing about this renting app out. sounds really good actually yeah they, they did they trialed it in the uk i think it was heathrow airport hmm. one of the car parks so you could if you if 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 you flew out of the uk and you were parking your car at heathrow or whichever airport it was it might not it might have been one of the small like gatwick or stansted yeah. or something but if you if you were parking in the car park let's say car park two that was like the trial for it so then anyone you could say right i'm, I'm leaving on the 31st of august and i'm back on the 10th of september yeah. so you had the option that between those dates anyone that was arriving could hire your car as long there as it was go. brought back yeah and i think the theory of it's quite good yeah my only I don't exactly know what happened with the trial in the UK. Right. I don't know. But also, who's responsible for the standard of the vehicle? Well, that's it. It's sort of like an Airbnb. So there's, there's they've set up, okay, this is what the expectation is for cleanliness. And yeah. and so the owner, his responsibility to get that thing vacuumed, to make sure it's sanitized. Yeah, these things are fair enough. Because yeah. obviously, I think anyone with any kind of expectation of being able to take anybody's hard-earned money is going to yeah. keep their car clean, just right. like an Airbnb. With the Airbnb thing... It, I've always been thinking, well, what happens if there's an electrical fire or a gas leak or yeah. something? Like, who's responsible for that? And if, if you if you hired this guy's car and there's yeah. a tyre blowout, now obviously the chances are well, that's just a, I, a freak accident. I can but, give you another example. So my son actually had rented, so so both my son and I have, have used Turo this year and we both went for the super economical route. So you have a lot of choice. I was tempted to go for the Mercedes Benz because I just thought it'd be nice to have the Mercedes. <laughs> and it wasn't really that expensive to have this, you know, nice Mercedes. But, you know, it was double the price of what- You made the right decision. My, my wife said, why are we gonna go for that? Right. I'm thinking, but it would look nice. <laughs> <laughs> or, you yeah. know, the Tesla, cause you could rent some Teslas. And I said, but it would look nice. She's going, but really? Why are we gonna do that? And then, and then I was thinking, well, what about, you know, the Volkswagen? And it wasn't even a Passat, it was just the Golf, but it yeah. was a sedan, uh, the Jetta. Yeah, yeah. And and she said, yeah, but this one's more affordable. I was yeah. like, okay, so we'll do that. I, I really wanted to go for the Jetta, but we <laughs> didn't. Uh, my son ended up getting a, I would call it a beater. 
that he rented and he actually had a tire blowout. He got a flat. So he called up the guy and the guy said, well, dude, uh, it's a flat, change it. But yeah, that, that, that's going to really fall under your responsibility, yeah. that tire. And I'm going to my son. I said, well, you know, if you've got to put a new tire on the car, you know, just get the most affordable tire because- <laughs> Just go and paint the rim black. Yeah, do whatever you got to do. But yeah. I said, any, any owner with self-respect is going to realize you got to put on two tires and that's not your job. But he went and so he went, did the job and he went to a tire place and he said, I, I need a new tire. And the guys looked at it and said, oh, well, he want, first he wanted to get the tire patched. He thought, patch it. The guy looked at it and said, I can't patch that tire. It's got bu bubbles in it. And so then he called back, he had them call the owner and say, dude, this isn't, yeah, it's got a flap, but this is your car's got a defective tire. And then the owner said, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll cover it. And yeah. obviously he wanted to cover it because he's going to have to put on two tires anyway. So it, it sort of worked out without a, a whole bunch of, yeah. of issues. And then if you really then have issues, you get to rate the car and you say, look, you just write your story down, right? No yeah. one's going to rent a car from that person again. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I do get that. It's just with what we were talking about, you know, with pressing the clutch pedal to start a car and yeah. not being able to change headlight bulbs. Like just, uh, just the... Uh, whose responsibility yeah. is a serious accident yeah. caused by mechanical neglect. Right. That, you know, that like all what up. happens there. Yeah. Because I would, I would imagine to, 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 to cover themselves as a, as an app, yeah. as, a, as a service provider that the, the owners of the car are signing. Right. To say, no, no, it's an issue with the car, yeah. it's on me. Well, and it was when I got the car, the guy was very keen. Here's my service records. Here's when I was last serviced. It's getting yeah. close to the old change, but however are you going to be driving? It won't be in that time. And, you know, please take pictures all around the car so you've got records of what it looked like when you got the handover. Like, he was very keen on it. I'm going, really? You want me to take a video around the car? Like, why do I want to do that? And as soon as someone says, take a video around the car, you know you got to do it. Because yeah, yeah, it if, they're, if they're mentioning it, that means they're going to be looking yeah. with a fine-tooth comb. Yeah. And so you want the record. <laughs> yeah, you need, to, you need to do those things yeah. because not even just to cover yourself, it's the fact that it, it just, you know, if, you don't want that, or especially as the owner of the car, you wouldn't yeah. want that somebody bringing your car back and you're thinking, yeah. oh, there's a dent there, but yeah. Yeah. I don't remember it. Right. And then it's awkward as to say to the person, well, look. You did that, dude. Because yeah. that's not a nice conversation to have. Some people probably relish it. Like, yeah. and you know, that's how it is. But yeah. for me personally, I would hate to have to say, yeah. did you do that? Yeah. Because it's like, we, we saved a whole bunch of money doing it this way and I'd absolutely do it again. Yeah. Rent a car this way. It, yeah. was, it, was, it was great. It really was great. And is was, there an Airbnb tier that has car? Uh, you know, if you have Airbnb, do you think there's a, like, do they do, they do like the whole package? I don't know. I've never seen that. Because you, you, you would think that this is, I don't know how established Toro is, but you would think that, I mean, this is the yeah. kind of thing that, yeah. you know, if it was any kind of, that would be a great idea. Fintech, Google yeah. buy it. So like you'd think yeah. Airbnb would be like, let's buy this and and, yeah. and, and attach it. Because or the, that Travelocity or something. Yeah, because you'd have layer. the same. Because it works just like a, a car booking thing. Put in your dates, you get to see all the cars, yeah. all the write-ups. And the beauty is you also get to see all the comments from people and you as the owner might cancel, which is, which is a really, I thought it was really interesting because you can see then in the comments, it comes up from the Turo app. Oh yeah, this person canceled four hours before uh, the rental was booked. Yeah. So anyone that did that, I'm not even looking at these yeah. cars because the last thing I want to be doing is flying in, I land and I find out, oh, I don't have a car rental anymore. Yeah. So that was, so I read, you know, you'd go through all the comments, which actually I didn't realize is, is actually a really good thing to do if you're doing Airbnb as well, because you get rated and 
all of the people we rented from commented on all the comments that had been made about us as renters. Right, and I okay. went, wow, it's really, it's a lot of pressure to make sure that you <laughs> yeah. maintain yeah, a good yeah. quality rating because yeah. someone could, could decline to, rate, to rent you because of the ratings that you've got. I see. I, I, like, I like both ideas. Yeah. So it was, it was good. So I, I would recommend that. And we had, a, like, as I said, we had, a, we had a good summer with that. So it was, it was fun and, and really just got us thinking about cars. And, and the things that you can, I think the other side of the, this car rental app is the variety of cars you can rent. So whereas if you go to with Hertz, you get a certain kind of car and you get a new car. If you go with Thrifty or whatever, again, they're attached to different, yeah, very yeah. specific types. Whereas sometimes maybe you want to rent a, a Jetta or a Passat, or maybe you want to rent a, a BMW or whatever. Well, where do you go yeah. and do that at a reasonable rate? And, and I loved the idea of not, of not having brand new cars. It sounds kind of weird, but you become very anonymous when you're driving yeah, a late model vehicle. Yeah, you haven't got the whole the whole uh, rental sticker in the back, no. and, and and it's, it's just, not white, and it's you yeah. know yeah. I, I I understand that. There was a weird rattle though. I gotta I gotta say, and I I'm not quite sure where this rattle. It, it bugged me the whole time. Uh, I don't have a clue where it was coming from. It, it had a sunroof and it had a little visor on the roof. So it might've been from that. I did notice that there was a little Bluetooth thing sticking up on the dash. So maybe when they ran the wire, but at a certain speed, you'd get this little rattling sound, which it sounded a little bit like a piece of molding was just rubbing on something, mm. but it didn't annoy me enough that I did anything about it. I just went, 2009. I think, I think, I think the parking <laughs> pole on the transmissions is yeah. a major concern. Was, yeah. And, and the guy who I rent from, well, yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll get him sorted, but I gotta say it was cool. And I guess I could have called him right away and just said, dude. Yeah. I just want to remember, hopefully it stays yeah. as a, an active service. Yeah, I think so. I mean, it's been around for a long time. Apparently yeah. it was called something else and then they rebranded and That's it's, cool. it's been going for a while. And if you're in, I don't know so much Europe, maybe in North America, for sure. There's mega options. In fact, the guy I rented from, I'm pretty sure he does it this is part of his, his, his income is he owns three or four cars. He doesn't drive them all the time. Yeah. So you, you, you know, can, and you can rent them out daily, right? You know, the, the, the thing is that you have to think about everything that the world's gone through supply chain yeah. for, you know, I, I mean, I think I sent you the, the article about Toyota closing a plant and cause there's just no access to these uh, the chips and processors. Yeah. And it's like, the pandemic happened. Nobody wanted to rent a car because nobody was traveling. Obviously, majority of rental car businesses, either mm. business travel or tourism, which both died. Yeah. Um, coming around a little bit, but they're still not great. So they sold their fleets to get some capital back, <laughs> which pushed prices down because they flooded <laughs> the market. And then people started traveling again. The fleets were so small yeah. and prices yeah. went up because demand yeah. Yeah. exceeded the volumes. So now renting a car is so expensive. Exactly. Everyone's, I mean, there's, there's people selling cars that they bought from a dealer a year ago with 25, 30,000 kilometers on for 10, 15, 20% more than they yeah. bought new. I, I know you, someone who's capitalizing on that. the new car yeah. anymore. Yeah, I remember it happening a few years ago when the C8 Corvette came out because a friend of mine who worked for Al Gandhi had one and they offered him more than he'd paid for it to put it back in the showroom because they needed them. And... It's happening with F one fifties. Yeah, I got, I got a friend who who's who's in Canada, and he drives an F one fifty for six months, sells it back to the dealer. Yeah, he makes money because the yeah. dealer's taking them to the US. Yeah, and the, he makes money in the US. An F one fifty is over twenty percent more yeah. than it was a year ago, brand new. He's making money. 
every and, time. And, and it's ridiculous. <laughs> it is. I, I, I want in on this. I kept saying to him, I want in. I know. It's, I mean, it's one of those typical money to money things where you've got to have the money to get into it. But yeah. like, you know, absolutely crazy to think that. Yeah. yeah, I think, well, so Amy's in the UK with the girls at the minute and like, it was £650 for two weeks rental. No, that's see, that's what we were playing Canadian money. You know? Yeah. £650. So... Takes your breath away. Over almost, almost 3,500 dirhams. Yeah, Turo.com. two weeks. Turo.com, check it out. There's got to be yeah. a UK rental it's stuff in there. absolutely frightening yeah. to think that Two years yeah. ago, it was £300. Yeah. And you might be able to get a, an extra deal on something. It's like, oh, I'm going to give you 25% off because it's X, Y, Z. Yeah. I mean, it's like, geez. And you can only borrow so many cars from people. I mean, I, I don't want to borrow my family's cars because they need them. No, exactly. I mean, you've got, and you know, Amy's, Amy's, well, my parents as well, still work. Yeah. So they, the, the vehicles they the that they have, they need them. It's yeah. not like they've just got a car lying around that, that yeah. we could use. Um you know, you you need you also you need the fact that you're sponging off them for that yeah. for the room anyway. So <laughs> exactly. you don't want to be sponging yeah. off them for the car. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, it's tough. Yeah, it's it's a it's a real strange time. You know, Toyota VW Group all reducing output expectations, closing factories, shortening yeah. shifts, and that's a that's a knock on effect because then all those people are seeing their income decrease, and you, you know, know seventy thousand people. Yeah. In Wolfsburg. Can you imagine? At one plant. That's, That's an economy just yeah. around a car plant. Yeah. And all of a sudden, their income drops. So and there was no all planning the for that. Yeah. All the bars, sporting events, live music, theatre, cinema, shopping malls, online spending. Yeah. Gone. You know, yeah. yeah. It's cut in half. People are tightening up their belts going, I don't know if I'm going to get my job back. Yeah. And it's like... All because there's a shortage of, of microprocessors and, yeah. and, and circuit board chips for, for for cars. I mean, it's... it's, it's, it's what it's do you do? Like, you really? How's this when work? cars have got 70 control units on them, which is pretty standard. <laughs> pretty standard. Somebody, somebody's got somebody's to produce the parts, and that's, the, that's unfortunately the way it is. Yeah. You know? Yeah. We, 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 got, uh, we got an EOS in that... Oh man, they don't even make those anymore. No, we got one in and it was work needed doing on it and we're just running through the diagnostic report and the customer, we normally send them anything specific for what they've asked for and anything we found that may be an issue. And so we send them the diagnostic report from the electronic diagnostic tool. But the customer had actually asked for the full readout okay. because they'd had one previously from uh, the previous place. So they want to compare. That had then done a repair and they wanted to make sure. So right. I ran through it. So on the VW group stuff, there's there's a gateway, which is a central processor, which communicates to all the modules. Mm. So you can just pull it out of there straight away. Yeah. But if you do it that way, you can't send the detail. So okay. I had to run a scan that ran through every single control unit one by one. It took two minutes. Now, be, part of that is because it, ha it, it, it reads every single option that it could have mm. according to the vehicle. Mm -hmm. But the amount of controls that it could have, it chose, it could have chosen from was 112. Wow. 112, 112 control, units. control units. It had like 60 something results on the end. But That's incredible. That car's a 2008. Yeah, that's incredible. It's 13 years old. What, what are they doing now? Yeah. You know? It's crazy. Right? 
control unit goes and if multiple control units fail that things are feeding into, you're done for. Yeah, there's a great, um, there's a fantastic uh, account on Facebook called BBC Archive. Mm -hmm. And they just put like, obviously from the archives and there was a, it, it was a, um, it was either Tomorrow's World or an equivalent, which was in the UK, which was a bit of an institution where they had Tomorrow's tech. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes it was some science fiction, but a lot of the time it was, you know, very, very good at foreshadowing. Okay. And one of the things was one of the first computers. Now, my grandma worked for the post office in the UK as a programmer, and they would make the ribbons that went into the computers for doing the calculations. Wow, okay. Now, most of them was... It was purely accounting yeah. and and number crunching. Yeah. But they were like, oh, this this computer, and this is in the 60s. This comp 65, I think this film was. This computer can do 1,000 processes <laughs> per second. Right. Now in the 60s, yeah. that's like mad. Yeah, yeah. And they're showing you how it works and stuff. The thing is huge. It's like the size of this table. Yeah. And there's a lady sat there, typical 60s. <laughs> press professional lady yes. she's got heels on nice dress yeah, her like, hair she's beauty, like, yeah. and then there's a guy sat there with his beer belly with a fag on <laughs> but he's obviously her boss it's like yeah. how does that work out yeah. she's programming this putting the ribbon in it's and she's yeah. showing us how the computer works and you think that yeah. could not even start a modern car no no and you, something the size of your thumbnail will do that a oh, million times over now. Yeah. And, you know, we're talking teraflops. But we can't get them. Yeah. No. But we can't get the bits. So what good is that? What good is that? Yeah. No, and, it's... and it's... What do you do? Yeah. You know, what... what, what you, you cannot stop production. No. There's too many people dependent on it. You can't say to all these guys, all right, well, we're going to have a year off. We're going to build some... Yeah, and technology changes so quick. Yeah. By the time they've caught up, there might be something else. Yeah. Oh, so, it's, you know, it's a, it's a real serious. Yeah. Like what's the plan B? How, how can we recycle stuff? How can we, we can't sell cars as yeah. it is. Yeah. So now suddenly you've got this happening. Now there's a shortage of them. <laughs> so they're going to charge more. Yeah. And then it's like, oh. Why do I want that car to start with now? And it's, it, all it does is start to create the, the ride sharing options and these, you know, the green cars and the blue cars and whatever cars that we can go and get with an app and just have it for, you know, an hour or two. It's making that more viable. Because yeah. suddenly I'm going, well, I don't want to spend, you know, another 25% on a vehicle and I'm going to have to insure it. Oh, the insurance has gone up and, and, and when I'm, you know, I really don't need a car for. Yeah, but you know, you're going to have a situation where you're going to get new cars that need service campaigns and, and manufacturer recalls that can't be repaired yeah. because well, that's what do you problem. do? Do you, yeah. do you stockpile parts for repairs? Yeah. No, no you one does You can't even meet the production line <laughs> demand. We're in trouble. I mean, we're really, really in the auto industry is in, in a huge heap of trouble because it's yeah. its own worst enemy because it was doing the right thing. It's like, you know, let's get parts delivered on demand or in, what, what do we call that? In the moment or it's yeah. got a name. I don't know what the name is. Stupid. Yeah. <laughs> and now they can't even build cars let alone get you the part when you need it. And it's just making people look at alternatives because they're for being forced to. And I, I, it's, it's unfortunate because I love cars and, and who doesn't love a, you know, you get into the car and the sound and the smell and the feel and stuff, you know, it's, it's, it was funny because my, my brother and sister-in-law, both they have a, a lovely Tesla. And then 
the Mercedes came out with just their, their latest electric version car. And I'm looking at it and I'm going, you know, it, not only does it have that 17 inch screen in the center, the whole dash is a screen yeah. for everybody. And you're looking at it and you're, and I'm just thinking, that's Mercedes. And you know that it's going to have the clunk of the doors and you get in and you're going to have that supplement. The last four or five years, Mercedes have nailed their interiors. They're so, so smart. And I'm thinking, so now I'm going to have an electronic, electric car that's a Mercedes? I'll take it. I mean, is it going to cost me a little bit more than the Tesla? Maybe. Am I going to get all the yeah, Mercedes safety? The and panel gaps will be aligned and yeah. everything will work <laughs> and it'll make, Well, know, yeah, that's the other thing. It's, which it's, Tesla will get there if they yeah, carry on, yeah. which they probably won't. They, they'll be making moon buggies or whatever but yeah mercedes have been doing it for 120 yeah. and years that's the thing and i i you know I, I i went on record years ago saying that yeah teslas are great and and, and hey they look do look good and they're, they're phenomenal but when the legacy auto companies start playing with it they've already got the build quality yeah. they've already got that reputation and you know that's there's a whole bunch of value to that and if i'm a if I'm a Mercedes lover or a BMW lover or a Lexus lover and, and suddenly I can get the vehicle I really love that is viable electric, am I going to go towards Tesla or am I going to go with where I, the legacy automobile? Well, I think everyone's going to go legacy. Well, They'll say they're going to go with the Tesla. For a start, the, the, the big guys can take a loss. Yeah. Yeah. They can take a loss on it. Right. You know, you've got to look at look at what Volkswagen did with the um, Phaeton and mm. the um, Veyron at the same time in the early 2000s. Yeah. said, well, we want a car you can do 200 <laughs> miles yeah. an hour yeah. and still read a newspaper in the back and not realise how fast you're going. Yeah. So they made the Phaeton, made a loss on it. They sold them at a loss, but yeah. they did it as an engineering exercise. They wanted yeah. to do a car that had a thousand horsepower yeah. they, and, and, and could do the fastest production car speed. They made the Veyron, sold them at a loss just because they can. Yeah. And there's benefit long-term to them for that. Mm. They just, you know, they just sold Bugatti again to yeah. Rimac. Exactly. I mean, God knows what they're going to come out with. <laughs> they're, them Rimac cars are absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. One of them nearly killed uh, Richard Hammond mm. when he did the hill climb with it because he went off the edge of the hill. Like... And then they've got the Bugatti name behind it. Yeah, everyone wants to drive a Bugatti. If you can, you want to have a, you want to drive a Bugatti. Come the, on, the the the, the Mustang Mackie, the Volkswagen ID three, ID four, the Audi e-tron that they've stopped taking orders for because yeah. they can't <laughs> they can't physically make them yeah. quick enough. These are just some examples. I mean, I was I I keep seeing the Chevy Bolt. Yeah. I don't know why it upsets me because it's a Chevrolet, but I like the look of it. Yeah, yeah. And it's a, it's a General Motors product. Yeah. And I, you know, I go home and have a shower and wash myself after thinking that I like it because I feel dirty for saying that, but it just looks. Yeah. And you know that, say what you want about an American car as opposed to a European car, but they've been doing it for a long time and yeah. they know how to do it. Yeah. And General Motors can afford to sell 10,000 of those at a loss to get them out there, to get people talking about Chevrolet's making electric cars so that when they do do an electric Impala or a Malibu, people will say, yeah, I'll buy that. Yeah, for sure. 
the Model S is well. Look, Ford Ford F one fifty is electric version. They can't they can't make enough of them, and they're they're backlog. They've the Bronco and all, and some of these yeah, other yeah. vehicles that they're looking at e versions. They're not, they're done. They're not taking orders anymore. They can't yeah. do it. Yeah. Although I, I got to say really quickly, Ford Bronco, and I I've been seeing a lot of I, I saw one interesting review of them where a guy was talking about a Wrangler. Uh, and versus the Bronco, and it was you know it's going on and on and on, and he was and he was doing the review based on the fact that he just bought a Wrangler and his company bought a Bronco, right? So he got to drive the Bronco, and and I'm listening, I'm listening, I'm listening. About 90 seconds into it, he does disclose that the the price of the Bronco was double his Wrangler, and I'm going, well there you go. <laughs> now we're now we're talking apples and oranges, and I'm just going. Yeah. <laughs> can't go near the Bronco. I can't afford that thing. Yeah. I mean, it looks quirky and kind of cool, but it's double the price. Well, yeah, <laughs> can't do it. You know what? You've got a problem there with the same as, same as a Samsung or an Apple yeah. phone. I could go and get a Huawei or even one of those Oppo. Oppo. Yeah. Yeah. And have almost exactly the same everything on it. Almost exactly identical spec for a quarter of the price of the yeah. Samsung, but it's a Samsung. That's it. So people pay. Yeah. Pay more for it. And same with the Apple stuff. Yeah. I mean, I, I Amy's always had iPhones. I've mm. never seen any of the features on, and I can't use <laughs> Apple stuff. I just can't. And I've never, <laughs> be, I've never been exposed to it. But, and, but I've never seen one that's been better than, or I would consider better than here, the Samsung stuff. Here, here we go. Here's the ultimate test. Talking with DigiGeekster Andrew Thomas. And he's going, oh, yeah, the new iPhone's got swipe. And I'm going, what? He goes, well, you can swipe. I'm going, what are you talking about? He goes, look, like you can swipe. And I'm going, I've been doing that with my, my Android phone for, for five, seven years. I don't think I've ever not been able to do that. It's ridiculous <laughs> how different the worlds are, right? And then he goes, oh, look at the screen, how clear it is. I'm going, OLED screen? I've had that on my, my cheapest phone yeah. that's Android forever. I yeah. can't remember when I didn't have yeah. that. He goes, well, it's now on Apple. I'm going, well, you guys are catching up. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, this is the this is the this is the difference. But people will pay crazy money because it is an Apple or yeah. it's a Samsung, whereas you can get the same thing in a different package. But yeah. I think you've got the the motor manufacturers that Mercedes will be Mercedes and they will charge a premium, whether it costs them the same as it costs another yeah. manufacturer to make the same car. Yeah. They will charge double, yeah. which because they can. Yeah. But at the same time. The other side of that coin is you've got companies like Volkswagen that will make them and sell them at a loss to get them out there because they can. Exactly. You know what? We're we're I'm gonna we're gonna wrap this podcast for now, uh, but we're gonna foreshadow because when we come back, our next podcast we're gonna talk all v, VW because yes. you guys are getting so many I'll VWs in there. I want to talk things. I want to talk Touaregs. I want to talk yeah. just VW, and so Love we're that. gonna do that on the next one. Sounds good. Yeah, there we go. PowerWorks is where you can find Glenn, that car guy. He's joining me here on the podcast. We're going to do it all again really, really soon. Thanks for tuning in. Coming to you from the Epic Podcast Studio at the Rolf Hotel downtown Dubai. My name is James Pikeway. So long for now.